Light beer, dark money. Agree on something. Politics, culture, and the intersection of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. And now, here are your hosts, Light Beer, Chris Clements, and Dark Money, Sean Noble. Welcome back to a special episode of Light Beer, Dark Money. I'm Sean Noble. And I'm Chris Clements. Merry Today, Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Today we have John Hart and Drew Bond, uh, principals Bond. of C3. And what we're going to do is we're going to set this up right away. We're going to show a video explaining their organization. And then we'll get right into our discussion. Absolutely. Our planet. Our home. One shared resource to steward for generations. Together, we are all bound to this planet. But political forces are working to drive us apart. Promote the economy or promote the environment. Prosperity the planet, but dare to promote economic prosperity as good for the environment, or ask hard questions and risk being branded as anti-science, anti-intellectual, anti-earth. But as conservatives, we are by nature conservationists. We work to protect a rich history, a shared tradition, and a shared climate. Whether you believe it's a gift from God or a gift from nature, it's the only planet we have. That's why we've created C3 Solutions. We believe in some simple but powerful ideas. We believe our planet is our shared responsibility. We believe that climate solutions can and should be a win-win proposition. And we believe in the power of principled entrepreneurs as a force to bring about real change. We want to show that it's possible and right to value both our home and the people that inhabit it. We've dedicated ourselves to finding and promoting policies and solutions that protect both people and the planet. To enable our economy to move forward while improving our environment. At C3, we are conservatives and conservationists, dedicated to human flourishing, dedicated to our planet and the people that inhabit it, dedicated to protecting America's natural and economic environment. All right. Well, welcome back. And with us, joining us live, is Drew Bond and John Hart. Great to have you guys. Welcome, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah good it's to great be to be here. Thanks, guys. It's an honor and privilege to be on, on your esteemed podcast. Well, I'm so Christine. glad that you guys made time out of your busy international travel schedule to join us. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, they, they are international travelers. They, guys, they were in Geneva. You right? guys went to Geneva. Tell us about Hung no. out with all the Tell crazies, all the big protesters. Capitalism yeah, is Geneva, bad. Actually, uh, Glasgow. Glasgow. Oh, Glasgow. Oh, Glasgow. Okay, all excuse right. me. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so we were there, I guess it was uh, last month. Um, and, you know, the big UN conference, the COP26, as they call it, the COP meeting uh, is a conference of parties meeting. This is the 26th time that uh, countries from around the world have gotten together to talk about their goals for climate change. And so this was uh, John and I's first time to go to this meeting. And, uh, and it, was, uh, it was really, 
you know, interesting to be there. Incredible opportunity to spread the, the word about economic freedom and free markets. And uh, so we were, in some ways, a little bit of an outlier there, but uh, partnering with a lot of other organizations. And I'll say that, you know, the, the COP meeting uh, has a lot of aura about it. You probably see headlines, you know, Senator Kerry uh, shows up and negotiates whatever agreement he negotiates with uh, other, you know, parties. Uh, people have probably heard of the Paris Agreement in the past. That's where one of these has happened. Um, you know, it, it's a big conference. Uh, it's a big conference of, of technologies and innovation, but also a big conference of countries. And, uh, and so everybody was there sort of, you know, promoting themselves, promoting their innovation. Uh, I'll say, and, and I'll let John chime in, you know, it was encouraging to me that uh, there was a lot of private sector participation there, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, as free market, you know, economic freedom guys, uh, we appreciate any time that the, that the market is actually out there leading, uh, not the government. So I don't know, John, you want to you want to. Yeah. yeah, I would just say, you know, I would chime in as, and, and point back to um, uh, let me just talk about the why, why we're doing this, you know, because when, when Drew and I introduce ourselves as we're with the Conservative Coalition for Climate Solutions, we know that with a certain segment of Republican voters, that's a bit of a record scratch. And it's a record scratch because it's a great way the, to put it. Uh, yeah. The left has seized that issue and defined if you care about the climate, then you're by default a socialist. And so there's a segment on the right that is rightfully concerned that if anybody ever talks about climate, they've got a it's a Trojan horse agenda for big government, for socialism, for expanding uh, healthcare, all these things that are totally unrelated to climate. So, you know, I've learned the hard way and Sean, you and I can talk, we live this, you know, on Capitol Hill, you know, right. we, we walk across the hall from each other in the late nineties. And, and one of the issues that was a big deal then, and still is today is the issue of healthcare. So you and I were kind of cutting our teeth, getting, uh, getting in the, in the uh, debate when Hillary care had just failed a few years earlier and everybody was waiting and trying to figure out what's the next left wing, you know, socialist plan. Now we know that's Medicare for all. But to make a very long story, 30 year war short, uh, the conservatives, aside from, I think, John Shattuck, Tom Coburn, a few others actually had alternatives as a whole. The party failed to define what it was for. Mm-hmm. We became very skilled at, at describing what we are against. And it's very important to, 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 to block bad ideas. You know, I worked for years for Senator Coburn, who was proudly known as Dr. No. You know, I helped block a lot of bad things. I'm, I'm very happy I did that. But at the same time, we were also offering a propositional vision. And that's, that is a critical lesson learned, not just on healthcare, but on issues that are going to define American politics and, frankly, world politics uh, for the next generation. And like it or not, one of those issues is climate change and that if conservatives don't weigh in, if we just decide, oh, that's a lefty issue, it's a socialist issue, it's weird. And it, look, it is weird on lots of levels, but we have to sort of plow through that and, and deal with the record scratch moments, those like scratching of the head of what, what is this about and, and define what we're for. And, and to put it succinctly, as Drew, as Drew mentioned, we're for economic freedom. We did a, a phenomenal report that was written by a guy named Nick Loris, who we were uh, lucky to hire from the Heritage Foundation. Drew has the copy. It's called Free Economies or Clean Economies. Yeah, I have it pulled up right now. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a strong correlation between economic freedom and environmental performance. So in other words, a free, the freer an economy is, the cleaner it becomes. Uh, 
And so this is an issue as conservatives, we should run toward, not from, because our worldview, our issue set, our solutions are the answer. You know, innovation is, is the answer. And that that's something that Bill Gates says, and he's not known as a right wing, you know, conservative, uh, but he believes very deeply in innovation. And there's a broad spectrum of people on the center left, the center right, the far right, libertarians, people of all stripes that understand that the, at the end of the day, we need more technology, not less technology. Uh, I think we need more entrepreneurs and a lot fewer bureaucrats and less regulation. So that's that's kind of the why. That's why we thought it was important to be in Glasgow to kind of go into the into the, the lion's den, so to speak, of, of socialism and, and define what we're for. Well, it's a great point because it, it really has been defined <clears throat> because there is so much of the proponents of tackling climate change that want to have a command and control approach and get government to to stifle innovation, to stifle growth, to all those things. And But the answer is innovation and technology. And, you know, it's, what's fascinating is you look at where the world has come today versus when we were across the hall from each other in the late 90s. I mean, it is astounding when you look at the innovation that's happened. Um, I mean, John, it, it may not surprise maybe it'll surprise you, it may not surprise you, but I drive a Tesla now because yeah. one, I, it's it amazing technology. Yeah. <laughs> but I also feel like yeah. it's a small, small part of doing something to demonstrate that as a rock rib conservative, I can be a part of the solution. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and I, I'm, I'm well, enthusiastic more about and more. The, innovative options available for 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 people at a lower cost too and that's what we're seeing yeah. across across the spectrum and and this isn't a this isn't a government program this is yeah. elon musk putting a lot of his wealth at risk and well there is an argument to be made that he was a government program well there was time, i mean yeah anymore. and i think that you know that we can go into the subsidies part and i still have some issues with solar subsidies and, and those kinds of things Particularly because, and, and John, I wanted John and Drew. I wanted to raise this. I I am mystified, mystified, as to why the hard left, who is so, you know, those that are so enamored with, you know, fixing the climate, are so anti-nuclear. I have to say that I say it wrong all the time. But why don't they pronounce nuclear nuclear power <laughs> nuclear? <laughs> Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, you know, I, I think uh, it's got a lot of history behind it. For one, you know, um, historically, you know, people have sort of two data points in their memory, uh, and and those two are Chernobyl, right? Mm-hmm. What happened in in the former Soviet Union, uh, and and also Three Mile Island, and and so what they don't often see is where the innovation has already occurred, and in fact, you know, there's. 80, 90, maybe even 100 companies just in the United States that are working on the next generation of the nuclear energy technology that is walkaway safe. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, Three Mile Island, uh, zero people died. Right. 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 So in fact, to your point, Sean, nuclear energy is actually quite clean. It's quite safe. Uh, we, we have a competitive advantage here in the United States, uh, but not for long. We're losing it rapidly. Uh, and I can't answer that question. You'd have to ask the left as to why they're so opposed to nuclear. Because, um, you know, we talked about this when we were over in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, with a number of, you know, international friends. If you're Greta Thunberg, 
who's kind of the, you know, the, the, the leftist, you know, kind of globally seen activist, right? She's gotten a lot of notoriety for shaming world leaders about climate change. If, if, if you buy into her uh, panic, I'll call it, her alarmism, then you've got basically two options. You can either shut down global economies, and that will certainly reduce carbon emissions, um, but it'll also wreak a lot of economic and personal havoc uh, basically by you know promoting poverty um, or you can actually go all in as fast as possible on nuclear energy because nuclear energy is the safest cleanest lowest carbon emitting technology that exists so um, to your question I don't know I wish I could answer for my friends on the left why they're so opposed to that I will say uh, a little bit of credit to this current administration at least those in the, inside the Department of Energy I think there is increasingly an understanding, a recognition um, by many Democrats, uh, maybe not hard left environmentalists, but Democrats at least, uh, that nuclear energy does have to be part of the solution. So, uh, you know, I think there's some encouraging uh, hope on the horizon. Well, I think that it's really important for people to understand why is it that nuclear is so important. It's because you got to have a base load for stability in the elect- in the grid. Uh, right. And... And, you know, solar and wind are completely susceptible to whether the sun's shining or it's, the wind is blowing because we don't have the storage capacities yet. And uh, apparently, like we saw in Texas last year, ice storms. And ice will, storms. Will, that will, that will, will impact them as well. That'll do it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that – and the other thing that's concerning to me is when it comes to solar technology, you know, it takes a lot of rare earth minerals. And, and this is battery technology as well rare earth minerals to to build these things and where are those coming from they're mostly a lot of it from china yep. we have a lot here that we should be accessing but there is a finite supply i think i think that's why they're called rare um and so if we want to really do something real and set the example i think we have to it, it, it i mean i remember and john you were still on the hill in this house. i don't know you might have been off the hill, but i remember we had a uh the 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 mantra was all of the above when it mm-hmm. came to what do we do for energy? And it was solar and hydro and nuclear and uh, wind and, you know, you name it, coal. And back then, uh, natural gas was just coming online mm-hmm. as a as a cheaper alternative. So, I, you know, I... I, I I appreciate what you guys are doing because it's really important. We, we as Republicans are going to lose in the long term if we don't figure out a way to talk about this because everybody that's younger than me is, feels yeah. pretty strongly well, you about this You guys brought issue. up two good points. I have a question. Like, first of all, I mean, you brought up the point of conservatives do a really bad job of explaining what we're for and, and the policy positions that – you know. Po- that we can prescribe that work. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? And then secondly, how did you guys get together to decide to do something like this? Be, and and what's so great about it is that you have all these other think tanks out there that think they're so smart, but nobody is leading on this. And for you guys to come together and lead on this in the way that you are, I think is is tremendous. Yeah. Well, well thank you. I mean, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give the quick story, and Drew, you can jump in, but... Uh, and then answer kind of the first part of your question as well. And, you know, the reason we did this is you know, Drew and I met, you know, over 20 years ago, you know, I was working for Tom Coburn. He was working for Senator Nichols. 
and our paths would intersect through through the years. Uh, about three years ago, I was able to buy a 62 acre farm uh, outside of Harper's Ferry, and and sort of the joke among my can my I grew up in Kansas, so the joke is you know I'm the the Kansan that moved to the East Coast to become a wheat farmer, so I actually <laughs> you know, manage you know manage the, the land and have a, have a guy I work with, and I you know I do quite a bit of quite a bit of the work myself, but I, you know I don't I'm not out there every day tilling tilling the soil or not actually no not tilling the soil technically in my case, but. Uh, and Drew had a solar company, and so so Drew, I you know called Drew out uh, about three years ago, and and we were just kind of laughing and, and chuckling that you know if only our liberal friends could see, you know me the the right winger that worked for Tom Coburn and Drew from who was at Fulner's chief of staff and worked for Don Nichols, you know we're talking about solar on my sustainable farm, and and it really became an epiphany because we're we realize we're not outliers so like sean to your point you just said you just bought a tesla like that doesn't surprise me at all because i think what as as conservatives the the ethic and sort of ethos is we believe in stewardship we believe in conservation and it's the old kind of sentimental but true phrase of we believe in leaving the campsite better off than you found it yeah we believe in leaving things better off and that message is profound as as fathers as you know, it, it's it connects with people and it moves us and it motivates us to live our try to live our lives a certain way. And and that's really the foundational concept is how do we leave things better off? And and to kind of preview some of what we want to do in 2022 is I'll steal Nick Loris's phrase that that he talks about, we need a no regrets agenda. So what that means is if you think you know climate change is the most pressing issue of our time. Uh, we face catastrophic risk if we don't act, or if you think it's really not much of a risk, but who's, who is going to be against less pollution? Who's going to be against, uh, you know, the all of the above energy right. approach? So there's a whole set of policies focused around this no regrets agenda that we're going to be developing and, and working with other, with other members of Congress on, on getting those ideas out there. Again, f- for the point of it's not enough just to beat up on the Green New Deal. It's not enough to document the excess of the left because that doesn't guarantee conservative success so that's a, that's how i'd answer answer that question yeah i'll just chime in i think um you know sean you mentioned the all the above right phrase uh which in, you know in some circles maybe i've been around the energy industry long enough to where i feel like it's been kind of you know used and used enough but i, I probably am wrong about that i think we probably cannot say all the above enough, um, because to your to your point, um, you know, innovation happens um, across the spectrum, right? I mean, mm-hmm. nuclear energy and the industry around that is innovating today at at almost light speed. You know, geothermal, hydro, oil, natural gas, you know, right? coal, right? Renewables, solar, wind. Every one of those industries is, is innovating and needs to innovate in order to be competitive globally. Um, and, and we don't know what the next big thing is going to be. Um, no one could have predicted what impact natural gas would have sure. on the world right. Right. and on freedom. Uh, right. I mean, George Mitchell, the entrepreneur who, who you know, basically developed um, the, the technique for you know, drilling horizontally and as you know deep as as we do to get to you know the natural gas reserves and oil reserves using you know what's commonly known as fracking 
you know, George Mitchell, when he was developing that technology, most people thought he was crazy. Um, and especially when oil prices were 20 bucks a barrel, like, you know, why would you dig deeper to get oil and gas that's so cheap, you're, you're never gonna make money on that. Right. But what he knew was that innovation will bring the cost of, of technologies and resources down. And he also knew that oil and gas, as much as we love it as being, uh, you know, something that's really led to the prosperity of, of the United States and globally to people around the world, it's not a particularly free market. Uh, not as free as we'd like it. I mean, right. much of it is, is, in fact, right. oil prices are dictated too much by OPEC and not mm -hmm. enough by just the free market forces. But, you know, the natural fracking revolution changed a lot of that. I mean, we went from, as you know, we went from being you know, an energy importer reliant on the Middle East for our oil and gas to being a net energy exporter. And so we've been able to export natural gas to the world. We've also been able to export freedom to the world. Um, and, and so, you know, I just think, again, it, it has to be, as John says, it has to be all the above, not everything but. And so we got to stop demonizing particular industries, particular resources. Um, this, this energy transition to a cleaner energy future should not be anti-coal. It should not be anti-fossil fuel. It should not be anti-anything. And every one of these resources has a downside to it. There's trade-offs across the board. I mean, sure. a Tesla is an incredibly sexy, exciting vehicle. You can buy it because it's a great car. You can buy it because it's better for the environment or both. It, you know, it has zero emissions from its tailpipe. That's true, right? That's great. That's good for the air around you. But there are also some negatives, and you've mentioned them, Sean, the, the rare earth materials that are required for battery technologies. So. You know, same goes for solar, same goes for wind. I mean, every technology has a trade-off. And so we've got to stop, like, demonizing these and, and acting like it's some religion um, and instead innovate. Yeah, that's a great point. And <clears throat> to be, you know, this is one of those places where there are moments in time where you come clean. I have in the past demonized solar and wind and Elon Musk, as you know, um, I mean, I've written stuff, I've tweeted stuff in the past, um, and so I'm here offering my penance and, and repentance <laughs> to you guys. You. Thank you. Well, I mean, um, we because could, I, 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 I don't do think there's any penance to be had. No, I think I, I, I was, I was kind of a jerk. You I mean, know, there's technology. Look at my Twitter feed. In its infancy, <laughs> listen, there's, there's technology in its infancy. And I, I, Drew, you make a great point about that. There's technology of its infancy, and then as it as it becomes more robust, as I mean, especially when it comes to something like nuclear, especially when it comes to something like electric cars, um, the technology is now becoming more robust, so it's more affordable. It's it's it, it, it can be taken more to more people, right? You know, but but there are trade offs, there are downsides to all that, and if we can't talk honestly about that, then we're we're kidding ourselves. Yeah, and I would just I would throw in there, Sean. You'll appreciate this point. Is one of the trade offs. It isn't. It isn't just in the market. It's within government. So yeah, exactly, our bosses, Coburn was was a master at forcing the conversation about offsets. Is making the point that look, we don't have we don't live in a world of infinite resources. And so, an argument that I'm trying to make is how do we recycle government waste instead of creating more? How That's do we take point. low priority spending? You know, redirect some of that and direct it towards basic R&D, you know, things that actually have a, a genuine 
high multiplier effect or bang for the buck, you know, hard infrastructure, those, those sorts of things where government is not doing things efficiently. And instead of raising taxes, instead of slowing the process of innovation, you can accelerate innovation by reducing the size and scope of government. So those are messages that fit this space that just conservatives haven't been hammering that point as much as they, as they could be. Yeah. This has been a phenomenal discussion, which could warrant at least a couple more episodes. So we're going to have to have you guys back. Um, I know we're limited on time today, but, um, but but I do have one question for John. I mean, just to digress. Hey, John, I'm looking up at the screen. I'm seeing a, a very interesting photo in the, in, in the background there <laughs> with, 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 with somebody who looks vaguely, vaguely like Bono from U2. Maybe, maybe I should just squeeze. Let me, let me try to get it better. Cause we have, yeah, because there's, there's some, there's some, I'm sorry the her. lighting maybe is not as good. If you're oh, listening to the, if you're listening to this, you need to go back and watch the video. Cause you'll appreciate this photo. So th- that is, <laughs> if, if, if memory serves, that is, Bono of U2 yeah. with Tony Hall and Dave Austin at the National and you at the National Prayer Breakfast. My wife, yeah. And and Dave wife. Austin, Tony Hall, who was the ambassador to the UN World Food Program, Democrat, by the way. So he was yes. very bipartisan. Yeah, so I got I got to meet Bono backstage at the prayer breakfast. That was quite a quite a thrill. That and has that, to be amazing. And that was about four months after I had met Bono after the right. U, U2 show at, in Washington, DC. Yeah. Well, we're we'll have an well. We will do a U two ep, episode. Just with me and John. On. Yeah, you and John can go crazy. I I mean, I love U two. Uh, you know, obviously, Rattle and Hum being filmed here in Arizona. Uh, you know, whatever. But Drew, John, you guys are doing great work. Tell us where. Tell our listeners where they can find you and yeah, learn absolutely. more. Yeah. So uh, our website, uh, really, the best place to go is is. Uh, our news magazine, which is c3newsmag.com, uh, just c3newsmag.com. And there um, you can find a host of ideas from across uh, kind of center right uh, and what's happening in the private sector, uh, but also some original content. Uh, there's a piece that John has up today uh, that's actually talking about some of the uh, down, downsides and, and trade-offs of uh, of uh, you know going too far too fast with renewables and 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 Europe in particular their reliance on Russia. So again, c3newsmag.com. Uh, the organization is c3solutions.org, and uh, happy to uh, have anybody go to either one of those websites. Please follow us. Please share us uh, with your friends and uh, sign up for our newsletter. We promise not to spam you. Uh, we just have a, a newsletter that comes out once a week and once a month uh, with kind of the greatest hits. Awesome. That's great. Well, and just on a personal note, I mean, we've all known each other for 30 years now, and it's been a great friendship. We're just, I mean, we have, and we, we all grew up together in, in a very interesting time. And to see you guys doing this type of work at this crucial moment in our, in our nation's history and and in the history of, of the world, I think is, is tremendous. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate your friendship over the years. And thanks for coming on. And Charles, uh, just remember that we are all about faith, freedom, and free enterprise, the founding principles of this great nation. Yeah. Check these guys out. Thanks so yeah. much. We'll uh, Thank talk to you later. God bless.